Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you the latest preaching from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. Um, we're going to read the Word, so everyone that was sitting while they were standing, can you stand up, please? Let's just stand up for the reading of the Word. We're going to come out of Joshua, Joshua 10, if that's possible. We're going to have it on the screen so you can find it on your phones. And uh, we're going to go out from 10, verse 12 to 14. Is that okay? Amen? Okay, let's do that. Joshua 10, 12 says, On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and new moon over the valley of Aihelon. Sun, so the sun stood still. And the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies. And that is is written on the book of Yashar. That's a good name for your dog. Um, (laughs) The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since. A day when the Lord listened To a human being, surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. You can say amen if you believe it. Father, thank you for your word, Father, and we ask you that you will open our minds and our hearts. We want to receive your nourishment, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Today we're coming out of the bat under the title subject, That Impossible Thing. And you'll get it in a minute. After the last um, couple weeks where we have been discussing the things that God exposes us to, I think God is taking many of us in areas of our lives constantly in four circles. And sometimes we have to take a minute and pay attention. Sometimes we ask God, what are you doing? And I believe that's our question towards heaven. But maybe God has a better question. Maybe God is saying, have you noticed? I'm doing a new thing. And sometimes we're so busy thinking this area and that other area are not looking like I want them to look. I'm facing this giant, this mountain, this hurdle, this situation, and we are complaining instead of praying, really. And as Christians, we're professional Olympic complainers most of the time instead of people of prayer. We forget that prayer has power and it doesn't depend on us. We think that by our complaining and the level of our complaining, We think that by tears shed, we can actually manipulate the purposes and the timings of God. And if we don't get it our way, like Barry King, we get angry. Or maybe we say, I'm in sin. Because we come from different virgins. We come from the virgins that is a bit more liberal and say, no, my thoughts, you know, are so important. Nowadays, there's a lot of humanistic thoughts that are going around. And that's a prevalent thought. My thoughts should be understood. But remember who gave you an ability to think. When we stand in front of God, we stand with humility. We don't demand from the one that created it all. We sit in obedience. And humility doesn't mean that you have to look sad. And you have to wash your face and and not wear perfume. It means be still and know that I am God. And sometimes on the noise of our complaints and the situations around, we don't take the time. 
But God wants to open us to the possibility that maybe we have not been taking time to understand Him. We're so busy wanting to be understood by Him that we're not thinking understanding Him. He's the other way around. He's God, not us. So there's an impossible thing. And in the story, the context is, is very simple. We have God. We have five kings. And we got Joshua and the Israelites. But beyond that point, we will have where it happened and what to do with what happened and what should be the outcome. Sometimes we stand in front of God and he says, do this. And we stay with that, but we don't listen through. We want the order, the marching orders. We're, we're willing. We want to be obedient. But God, as he assures us in him, in his character and who he is, he doesn't want us only to be obedient with our head. He wants us to be obedient with understanding. He doesn't want us to just, you know, go as headless chickens around the neighborhood just saying that Jesus is good, although he is. He is good. But he wants us to go around with that information, but with understanding. Because he wants us to be relevant. And in the story, Joshua couldn't address the situation if he didn't have an understanding who God is. We got God in the story. And God is releasing the promise. He has talked one and time and under, and he has been going over the land through the Israelites with his pillar of fire in the desert. Then he opened the seas, and then he started giving them cities. We, we have Jericho. Wow, the walls came down. That's a great story. Read it on your free time, or maybe the time that God gives you to stay be alive. Or we have the other city, Ai. That was a city of confrontation when God said, you got to do this my way, not your way. Because they had great victories. And sometimes when we have great victories, we forget to do things that way. And when, when we think we're blessed, we are more propensed to fall away from relationship than when we're under attack. So the people of Israel, for a little bit of context, came from having a really good run and then being taught how to stay near instead of focusing their eyes on the blessing, focusing on the one that blesses. So they, take, they took two great cities, and the promise was going really good. It was on schedule. So everywhere the Israelites would go, the people of Israel, they will have victory. And although they had to be taught certain things along the way, God still was with them, and the people around started paying attention. And sometimes we don't want to be showing that we are blessed because sometimes people are going to judge the type of blessing that we got. Sometimes your blessing doesn't come in the shape that you want it. Sometimes it comes through correction. You say, God, I want to be closer to you. Bah! <laughs> and then you say, oh, they're going to think I'm not blessed because your little ego gets in the way. It happens to all of us. Truth be told, all of us want to look good. And we want to make God favors. We want to make God look good. God is not very worried about his reputation, you know. I mean, you and me will pass, but he doesn't. So when you and me start critic stop criticizing, he still is. When we agree or disagree, he still is. You see what I mean? So as we see this, we have a God that is releasing what he said, 
And he has not been complete. He has not been complete like they thought. But God is still being faithful. And Joshua noticed. He took the time to notice that, hey, he's still in the same line. We have been going, you know, like a heartbeat, up and down, up and down. But he's still on the same line. Let's get in with the program. So he's inspiring that into the people of Israel because he's noticing that God is releasing the promise. But then we have five kings. We talk about Joshua and God. But we have five kings. People that didn't like each other. Kings that would have been at war with each other. Getting together to take down what I would say is the promise, not the people. The enemy is not after your money or your wife or your boyfriend or your car or your job. He's after your faith. The whole, this whole mess that we call life is about our faith and how we believe. Joshua was believing. He was inspiring a whole group of people to believe. And these kings, these five kings, heard of what God was doing for them that believed, and they became afraid. And they got together. Although they had a history of fighting against each other, they got together with one purpose. Stopping the Israelites. And it's dangerous to try to stop what God has birthed. That's my mom. Thank you, mom. Right on cue. There you go. You know where I get it from. Boom. <laughs> that's, that's, a more, that's what it means in Hebrew. Amen. Um, so we have the people of Israel that are blessed. God is on track. He's stable. They're learning the stability of God. They're learning the character of God. They're understanding that their hearts are deceitful and they're actually having to align with God and who He is. Not only what God has said, but the timing of God. They're, they're learning the ropes like you and me every day. Situation after situation, they're learning God. And the people were afraid of their promise, so they wanted to stop the promise. They knew that their God has said to them that the land will be theirs, and he was going to clean them up. And sometimes we live on this innocent, dove-like gospel that doesn't have confrontations. But if without a confrontation, there's no victory. We don't want to have difficult conversations between us. You see what I mean was that, or you know what, when you said that to me, what I understood from that, it is this or the other. Was that it? Confrontations, healthy conversations that lead us into truth, not an argument, not feelings. Oh, I felt don't get your feelings involved. Listen to each other. Right? Food for thought. So that's the context. God, five kings, five enemies that thought they could stop God, essentially. And Joshua, that was learning the ropes on how to lead a people. A man of war that was leading for the first time. He was led, and he was leading war, but he was leading now a nation. He was learning the ropes of how to follow God and be of an example as a leader. Like you have that friend that you're introducing to who you know is the truth, the way, and the life. 
And you don't know how to talk about it, how to go around the bush because you know they're a bit spiky. And every time you put the subject, you see how their face changes. But you still know that they have a promise. And you are relentless and you're not going to stop until you see that to fruit. You're not going to stop until you see that come to fruition. You're not going to stop until you see that manifest the glory of God. You're not going to stop. Because there's something inside of you that is stirring you towards the promise. Because this, we know that it's not about us. There's a bigger promise than only my individual promise. There's a collective promise called the kingdom of God. And it has to be established. And it has to be seen. And it has to be effective. And we don't know all that. But sometimes we don't look at the impossibles. We stop chasing the impossibles. Sometimes we get so complacent with our relationship with God that we stop chasing the impossible. I know, you know, in this season, I'm going to relax a little bit. In this season, God, you know, I, I, do I have to have more problems? I don't know if you're like me. I have caught myself praying with my wife, not only alone. You know, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die with my wife. We have been praying. Say, Lord, another problem for reals? Are you mad? For the love of you. For the love of God. For the ones that didn't get it. Um, we have free cookies for if, if you're judging me. Don't worry about it. But the reality of it is that sometimes we're asking God, what are you doing? We don't need more of this. We just came from situations and now we have five times the enemy. Don't get me wrong. I love the blessing. I love the purpose and I love the promise. But the problems don't feel good. I can stick with the rest of the diet. You serve me from this part of the buffet, but that warm plate, I don't need it. You see the salad, Lord? I'm going to ignore it. But a healthy diet is necessary for growth. Sometimes we want what we like on the plate. But you got to eat it all. You just got to eat it all. You cannot say, God, I don't have the nutrition if you ignore half of the plate that the chef gave you, the boss gave you. And God said five things in your time with prayer and in Him, and you obeyed three, and then you ask yourself why you are a bit depressed. Is it God's problem or is it your problem? And we were professionals at pointing at God, why? Five kings. They got together or they didn't like each other on a collision to stop God. Dangerous ground. Where did it happen? As we said, where? It actually started in Gibeon. And we have this prayer that, that Joshua kind of voiced out, but it was a cry from a relationship point of view. Sometimes we want to pray something crazy, something that sounds eloquent. But God is not looking for eloquence. He invented the ability to understand and to modulate and actually exceed on that. Once, my grandma from my dad's side asked me to pray. Some of you guys know the story. And uh, she's a woman that leads like an intercession group of ladies that are like older than Methuselah. Like between all of them, they have like 4,000 years, you know what I mean? And these old ladies like walk on the shopping mall like they were on a fire. You know, they're like lions praying for everything, everyone. You know, these are old school Christians, not that those that are looking to be entertained. No, 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 no. 
they're going to wake up. They're going to put those kind of boaty-looking shoes and those kind of long stockings. They're going to put that dress in that cardigan. And they're going to go all the way to the shopping mall to pray for you and me. And that's what they do. They're praying for you. Because she knows that you are that lot that is with his grandson. So you're always in her prayer that you didn't know. Someone is praying for you in the Caribbean, by the way, with 12 other 20 older ladies. Foot for thought. Anyways, my grandma asked me to pray. And I was like exactly what you think, very intimidated. I don't look like a person that gets intimidated. And I don't get intimidated by a lot. Only my wife and my dog make me intimidated. You know, but the rest, I kind of like it. I kind of like the pressure. And my dog is like this, so it's okay. Because she has a personality. You know, it gets a bunch, tonight. And my grandma is actually asking me to pray. And instead of my repertoire of very Christianese words, I was looking for the best ones to start. Should I call it Father? She would think I'm near. Should I call it Lord? She would think I have fear of God. And you try to fake it to make it, right? Amen. And the reality of it is that I said, Lord, help me. I prayed before praying. That's when you know you're in trouble. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the person is asking you to pray, and you pray to pray, you know? So I started praying. And I said something beautiful that I don't remember. I think I puked it, you know what I mean, to be honest. It was so fake, faker than McDonald's burgers, you know what I mean? Like, faker than nail polish, faker than Barbie, by the way. And I was like, so impressed with my stupidity, but in the back of my hand, it's just like, that was so plastic. It's like when you have your, your graduation pictures and you're like, <laughs> you know that smile that you don't know if you're smiling, if you're angry, if you're insecure, you're about to cry, are we paying for these pictures? You know, all these questions are going through, are going through your head. And when I finished praying, my grandma said to me something that stained my soul with glory for the rest of my days. She said, it's so beautiful to hear your voice talking about him and talking to him. He gave you who you are, your tone of voice, the color of your hair while you were changing it. The tone of your eyes, the type of smile that you have. You know, some of you have like a crooked smile, like Stallone style, like. Some of you have like a kind of Brazilian smile, I call it. You know, like it's just, it's so scary because it's perfect. My mom has one of those. She's not Brazilian, but she has one of those. And sometimes we wonder if we have to defend God. These people were in a place that was difficult. They have lived so many things with God, but still they understood that they didn't have to defend God. I know that we wanted easy. I know that we wanted perfect and pristine, but sometimes perfect and pristine doesn't grow us. We want it to look like in the picture, better than in the video, but is it that what we want? or what we need. Gibeon actually means where he prayed 
When he asked the sun to stay still, it means a hill, a mountain, a difficult place, a place, a thing, literally, a thing that has been lifted up. Sun, stand still. Where it looks difficult. I want you to stop there. I don't want you to stop in the valley. We're in level ground. I want you to stop where it looks difficult. I'm not going to look for the easy way into my blessing. I'm going to look for my promise where it lands. Not where I want it. I'm going to go in because I know he's good. And he has been with us already. And he will do it again. That's a real prayer, not the one that tries to manipulate the situation and ask God to take me out of it. He's saying, God, if I'm in it, you're in it with me because you say you will never leave me nor forsake me. You are in the mountain and you're in the valley. Oh, we love the valley because I will go through the valley of the shadow of death and I'll stay no evil. But you love the mountain, at least you love the view. We talk about the mountain, we talk about the valley, but do you like to go up through the mountain? We like the view, the summit. Oh, I want to reach the summit. Who has not been in the mountain and sees, ooh, wow. It's amazing. And it almost, almost makes you forget all the trouble and the blisters of going up. When you were there, it was worth it. While you were going up, you say like, oh, God. And life is such a way that tempts us to forget that from blister to blister, there's a little bit of glory that we need to get. That if we don't understand between one and the other, everything, we must have missed something. If we get there and only say, what a great view, instead of remembering the one that put us all the way up there, we would have failed. And the world doesn't need people that are on a cruise mode. The world doesn't need Christians and believers and disciples more than believers because the devil believes, but he's not a disciple. The devil believes in God. Do you know that? But he's not going to heaven, baby. Because believing and being a disciple is completely different. Following God and believing in God is completely different. Having my journey with God or having his steps ordered for me is a very different thing. We're not in Christian vacation camp through life. We are slaves to the cross and what it means that is salvation for the ones that are far from him. We are disciples. We're not enough, but because of his grace, we get near. Are you with me? Yeah. So we have the five kings and we have a Joshua that is looking at his impossibles because he had one. And maybe that takes me to my first question. Do you have an impossible? When was the last time that you looked at your life and you said, God, if you don't, uh-oh. Very simple prayer. You don't need Ephesians 4.18, you know, like you need to actually say, God, if you don't, if you don't have one of those prayers, I got another question for you. Is your walk with God complacent? Are you going through the motions of being a Christianese person without being a disciple? Because that's not the promise for you. That's not the promise that we got, that we hold. We're not supposed to look Christian. We're supposed to be Christian. That's what he died for, for us to be disciples, not to be people of morale. 
Because we hide behind our morale. But as the guy that Jesus said he was perfect, living in the Ten Commandments, but he still loved money. He still loved power and his own decision-making skills. He was perfect. If God says you did the Ten Commandments, I'm going to believe him. But the Ten Commandments are not enough for us to be saved and have Jesus as our Lord. How we believe the funk that looking good outside and because we didn't come high to the church, we're good. Or we still perceive ourselves as sinners that are clinging from the mercy and the grace of God. Do you wear the gospel as a perfume? Or the blood of God is what keeps you ticking? That's a question. If you don't have an impossible, you're just wearing Christianity. Where is your impossible? If you don't have an impossible to show yourself today in the mirror, you're not living for Christ. You're settling for an image, not a relationship. I know this is not going to win me any favors. I was not expecting any amens on this one. But truth be told, we need Christ. We need pictures that look like we're doing the work. We need to have motivations that are pure and sound in front of him. We need Christ. We need a thirst that can move mountains. That doesn't ask for a valley so we're comfortable. That says, son, stand still and give me a chance. Why did he ask for the son to stand still? He was facing five armies, an uneven place. He didn't ask for it to be easy. He asked for more time because he knew that the promise was good. And that's the question today. Am I asking for comfort or am I asking for the potential to face my enemy in front of him? God, I know that I'm not prepared. God, I know that I don't know all things, Lord. But if you give me a chance, I know you will give me wisdom. Father, don't take this day out of me before I can defeat my enemies. That's exactly that question. God, can you give me more time? Don't stop today. I need this to be impossible. I'm not going to settle for normal. I want this to stick to you. To have one, only one fingerprint. I want my life to smell to you. I want my life to look like you were with me. By this I know that the Lord was on my side. I don't want an easy pass. Stay in the mountain with me. If you're with me, will defeat them. Sun, stand still. What is the sun in the Bible? The sun in the Bible is not only S-U-N, it's S-O-N. But the sun, as the source of light, meant daylight, daylight meant that God was opening a way. While the night and the moon meant confusion, the sun meant clarity, insight. I don't care how difficult it gets, I want to know the inside. Stop the day. I want to get it all. I want to defeat my enemies with insight 
I don't want to go into confusion. Moon, you stop where you are. Sun, you're not done. Stay there. And the Bible says that this has never happened before or never again. You know that scientist from the NASA invented a machine that counted and quantified seconds, seconds of humanity as it is. And you know what they found? That they're missing two days. You know how many times the sun stopped and something like this happened in the Bible? Get, take a lucky guess. Two days. And they were looking like, I didn't like to say, like, no, the machine is broken. We must have failed. Elon Musk is on the other side just jeopardizing this one. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I like that. And one Christian in the room said, Oi, um, what had happened was, I know a God. Um, See, I didn't want to say it like that, but um, it's true. And they, they proved it. Can you prove you follow? Joshua proved that he believed. Joshua prayed like he believed. We are scared and ashamed of praying like those that believe. Joshua stood in front of the enemy and the people and prayed. And he said, son, he prayed in front of God, but he ordered the son. He knew relationship. So he was in Gibeon, right? And the moon was in Aihalon. You know what Aihalon means? A difficult place, a strong place. So it was not easy. And it was in the mountain. But he was ready to see the promise. He understood that the promise didn't have to be perfect or in schedule in his time to be able to be godly. He was willing. He was obedient. So as believers, we are called to stay in a position. Stay in a position of celebrating God or going to the next impossible. If you're not celebrating the victory, you should be looking at an impossible. If not, you're not living life with Christ. You have religion. And this is difficult because no one else will actually look at you and say, um, you're in a celebration moment. No, you got to know. Where are you today? Food for thought. Second, have you named your impossible? If you don't call it by name, you don't know what you're attacking. And if you don't know what it's attacking, you don't know what it came to attack. Every enemy had a name. Every enemy, enemy meant a name, and we don't have time for that now. But you know what? Joshua was the leader, and essentially what they would perceive the king of the Israelites. And when you're a king, kings come against you. When you lead, leaders will come against you. When you are president, other candidate is going to go against you. Show me your enemy. Show me your mountain. And I'll tell you what's the purpose. That's easy. When the enemy makes it impossible, when you see that it's so threatening, be encouraged. Because it doesn't only mean that God is with you and he's going to do something crazy that you would never understand and know if he wouldn't have done it. But it shows you a little bit of your identity in him and what he sees in you. So he's calling it out through the problems. He's calling the promise. 
through the process that he's taking us in. Do you have an impossible? We hide from the impossibles. Let's not hide from the promise then. If you want the promise, just get on with your impossible. We know that in the scripture it's kind of easy to look at these things. And we know a lot of verses in the Bible that actually kind of explain to us what should we be thinking. We got in Matthew 17, 20, when Jesus was talking about how little faith the disciples had. And he, he was actually telling him, even I tell you the truth, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would tell mountains, move. That was an impossible. He was telling them, don't have little faith. Face the impossible. If you have little, but you believe, you can do what is impossible. We also see in Ephesians 3.20, like he's saying, you know, he could do immeasurably more than we can think and imagine. Everything you said, I don't know, mate, that's impossible. That was a thought. We also see how in Mark 9.23, he says, you know what? I tell you, everything is possible for those that believe in him. Philippians 4.13, like we love, says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. But are you putting anything in front of you? Are you allowing yourself to be in the position of the impossible? Or are you just cruising and complacent? As we close, we lust for the summit, but we don't want to go up. We love the scriptures that encourage us, that says, you're going to get it. Don't worry about it. But we don't live like Joshua with a perspective of promise. We're not looking for our responsibility. We're not asking the sun and the impossible to happen. We're asking for easy pass. And this is not for, for us to actually go and make life difficult for ourselves. So don't go kind of weird. But it's for us to actually ask Jesus, ask God himself. Am I taking it easy? Am I growing? Am I walking towards the promise? Am I facing my impossibles or am I running from them? Am I looking for a pass or am I looking to be a disciple? Am I believing in you and praying like one that believes that what I cannot do, you can? Am I exposing myself to your presence and your name day in and day out or am I just taking a pass? Am I just a religious? Am I looking for the feeling of peace? Instead of understanding who is the prince of peace, who is the authority of every peace that is valuable. So identify your complacency areas. First task. Second task, repent. Third task, go back to the first love. Say, Lord, I don't know how to do this. Can you do it in me? As you repent, you connect again. And then after that, obey. Four points to remember. If you get everything else, remember that. Identify your complacency. Repent. Go back to your first love. Obey. The faith of those that obey stops the sun. The faith of those that don't look for it easy will ask the moon to stay put. And that's the kind of faith that our generation is called to exhibit. Many, many have said that our generation cannot see. Cannot see the glory. 
for the sake of our own belly buttons. We cannot see where we're going because we didn't stop the moon and we have been living in the dark, living in confusion, living based on culture, in a culture that has contaminated our relationship, our desire to be near. We're not based in the cross anymore. And we have been dictated to stay at the other side of our promise by comfort and complacency. But we stand up. Christ came also to kill what keeps us out. What keeps us complacent. What keeps us dead on the beat. What doesn't produce a change. It is funny because when he prayed, the Bible says that Joshua and the Israelites, they kill everyone. That doesn't sound very friendly right now, no? Not very inclusive. But they want after the promise. And they defeated their enemy before the sun went down. And that day, it was written on a book of hymns, the Jafar. And that was the outcome. We talked about the what and the where, but the outcome. When we live lives that are not complacent, that repent, that go back to our first love and obey, it was written in a book of, of hymns that was called the hymns of the victorious one. We love to be thought of those that have success. But the Bible talks about good success and bad success. What kind of influence do we have over us? That's the kind of influence that we will give. Joshua had an influence of the one that wins. Joshua is a shadow of a Christ that brought the people out and fought for them and won their inheritance back. And this was written in this book. Until today, they still remember what God did. It was so strong what God did that they knew that God had killed more people than them. God made the hell reign over the armies. He fought for them. It was not only the decision and them standing in the mountain. Because the last verse, verse 14 says, it was clear that God fought for them. They still had to stand in the mountain. And they still had to do what was impossible. And pray for what no one would dare to pray because they would look ridiculous. They still had to go through the motions and say, even if we die, we believe that you are with us. They still had to stand and take a moment and say, Lord, even though we know you've been with us and you promised, I'm not going back. I'm taking it in. We have to stop being passive. We got to run behind the impossibles. Impossibles should be running from us. And that's our inheritance. That's who God made us to be. That's who Christ is in us. That's the hope of glory. That the impossible has to say, oh, oh, they believed.
It is not us saying, oh, oh God, there is an impossible. We are those that face our impossibles and say, I wonder how you go down because timber. You're going down, baby. Today we stand as a generation. Today as Christians, God is calling us to sound a trumpet of justice that looks for the mountains and say, I will overcome. You are my impossible of today. Give us today our daily impossible. Are you daring to pray like that? I don't want to live a life that just goes by. I want a Christ that still shows victorious. I want to live, I want to live that life that still re represents the cross. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not happy with sitting on a pew or in a chair and looking cute on a Sunday. I want to see the miracles on the Monday and exceed in expectations on my Tuesday. I want to kick the ball out of my Friday and say, enough, stand still, my Father is coming. Today He calls us to do what He showed us through the cross, through many of our uncles and fathers in the faith. He said, you stand and I stand with you. And people are going to know that I was with you. That you were my friend. We want the friendship. Let's have the fight. We want the promise. Let's kick the impossible out of the way. Let's show the devil who the God is. The God Almighty. The one that holds the earth in place. The one that breathes into each one of us air and dreams and understanding and wisdom. And an essence that is unique to each one of us. Let's teach our streets what it smells to be in the presence of God because they have been in the presence of His kingdom. We are those that are not going to be complacent about what He invested in us. We carry a fire that can torture a whole city in a minute. That will take the giants. It will make kings that don't like each other get together only to be defeated by God. And make God famous again and again and again. Today, your today has to make God famous in your neighborhood. They will know that God is still doing what He does. That He didn't tardy. That He's still who He is. That His strength has not went down. That He's with you. And if He's with you, he can do it for them. Are you with me? So I want to pray for us. And we stand strong. We look at our enemy in the eye. We look at our mountain and say, sad for you. I know how this finishes. You will have another shot tomorrow. Today, I'm going to climb you up. I'm going to get nearer. I'm not going to be afraid only. Even if I'm afraid, I'm going to keep going up. Because the promise is still true. So if you're afraid in this room, I want you to stand up. If you're sick in this room, I want you to stand up. If you're needing encouragement in this room, I want you to stand up. If there's something in your mind that says you cannot do it, I want you to stand up. There where you are, just join me in your feet. If there's something that only God can do in your life, Maybe with your family. There's a family member that you know is far from God. And you want to see a miracle. And you don't know even how to pray. You don't know how to pray because you don't want to feel bad about your prayer. Not looking or, look, or being answered the way that you want it to be answered. And you're trying to make favors to God with your small praying. I want you to pray big. 
pray the size of a mountain, if you have a little bit of faith, it's enough to take the size of a mountain down. I don't know what you're facing, but I know there's a Christ that stands with us today in this room that has a promise on your life, that has territory that you still have not seen and you cannot even understand you have. That there's power in you that you still have not seen manifested in the streets, in your life, with your friends, with your family, with your kids, with your spouse, with anyone that you know. There is a God that stands with you now. He's not looking for an easy way out. God is looking for your impossible to show you how big He is. He is looking for something that tells Him you are God. And only you can do it. He says, I'll move. Show God something big. Show God something impossible in your life. And watch the King of Kings stand strong and stand courageous and lift up your head. He says, I will lift your head in front of your enemies. I will put your enemies as a footstool. I will put you comfortable in the essence of your enemies. I will serve a banquet. When you were supposed to be done, I will serve a table in the enemy's table. In front of them, I will tell them who I think you are. Not what you think, I will tell them who I think you are. You might be despised, you might be rejected, you might be ostracized, you might have been pushed to the side, you have might fallen, but that doesn't define you. There's a table in front of you, there's a mountain ready to be conquered, there's a God that is thirsty to show you who He is. There's a river in this room that is saying, I want to heal you, I want to restore you, I want to touch the world through you, I have gifts on you that you have not tapped into, there's something. There's something, there's a thought that you have no thought. There's a dream I will release. There's a healing, there's a bomb that I want to do through you. And it's only through you. There's a God, there's a river in this room. Jesus. Show me that thing. That thing. That thing that stood against you. That, that thing that started to actually discourage you. That thing that you start listening to. Show me that thing. Show me that impossible. Show God you're impossible. Show God and say, hey, can you? Because I know you would. And say, I believe you. I believe you. I have tried on my own strength. I have tried and I'm ashamed. I have tried, but I'm not enough. I have tried, but I have not been able to crack it. I have tried and I have suffered. I have tried and they have talked about me. I have tried and they have lied. I have tried and they didn't understand. I have tried and I was not enough. Father, I tried and it didn't happen. Father, I thought you said, but I maybe understood wrong and I don't know how to hear your voice. Today, there is a river. Today, there is a promise. Today, he takes your mountain down. Today, he looks at your mountain in the eyes and says, they will know that I fought for them. I fought for them. People are going to know me. This is my people. Those are my purposes. Those are my steps ordered for them. This is my presence. I am their God. I am for them. I will never leave them. I will never forsake them. You can take a hike. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going up the mountain with them. I am not ashamed of them. All of them are mine. I stand in truth. I stand in their peace. I am their prince. I am their king. I restore them into what I know about them. I'm not going to be gone. I'm not restored into nothing else but what I thought of you. Jesus. Father, in this, in this moment, Father, we pray. Father, we release, Lord, trust. 
We ask for forgiveness for the areas that we have not been trusting, Lord. Father, the areas that we start looking at our enemies or the amounts, the difficulties, Lord. The moments that we start looking at the promises, Lord, and we were so in love with the promise that we forgot the process. Father, we're in this crossroads, Lord. But Father, we look up, up to you. We look to the mountains where our help comes from. Our help comes from that that invented the heavens and the earth. You hold all things unto you, Lord. Today, Father, we ask for forgiveness. Father, we ask for a revelation of purpose. That we can follow a perspective of purpose. Father, we come to you. And we ask for a clear view of our impossible. And we say, sun, stand still. Moon, don't move an inch. Give us time, Lord. Let us give, Father, to you. Our enemies. If you're in this place, and you need to reconcile your life with God, or you've never made a decision with him or for him, today is the day. If today you're saying, Lord, I've been far, I knew about you, but Father, I want to go up the mountain with you. Father, I don't want religion. Father, I want to experience the walk with you. I want to be known by you. Father, today, I make a decision for you. If that's you, we have people in both sides, outside of the columns, to pray with you and for you. Do not go from this place without praying with someone, please. This is the day that the Lord has done for you. Don't look around. It's your mountain. It's your mountain. It's your mountain. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanchor.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.